Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. bring you greetings from Burien Community Church and from the Evergreen Association of American Baptist Churches. And I just want to say how good it is to be back with you all. It is an honor to be asked to come and preach for you again. Like a certain other Paul had a tendency to write at the start of his letters, you all have been in my prayers often. And I have been glad of the good reports that I've heard from my colleagues and friends. In my times of prayer, I'm grateful for the faith and courage of this congregation, buoyed by the presence of God amongst you. That the Holy Spirit is with you is undeniable, for despite challenging times, you live up to your name and your declaration. Urban Grace the downtown church. You should know that your friends at the Evergreen Association are here to support you however we can, and we value your unique and important identity as an ecumenical church here in the heart of Tacoma. These verses from today's reading on salt and light and the city on a hill are preached on quite often, maybe too much. Salt and light have become bywords, uh, shortcuts, part of so many churches' understandings of themselves, so many people's understandings of themselves, that in some ways it has lost all meaning and has instead become another of the catchphrases of Christianity, a shibboleth by which we can identify one another or be identified by outsiders. Jesus used these images, salt light, and cities because of how familiar they would be to that audience of first century Galilee, 
They're echoed to varying degrees in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because for the authors of those gospels, salt, light, and cities were images that their audiences would also understand. And the passage comes to us with resonance nearly 2,000 years after the events it captures because salt, light, and cities are still very familiar things. To be sure, though, the meanings of all three have changed dramatically. The population of Tacoma, Washington was just over 219,000 people in the 2020 census. Jerusalem, the largest city in Judea at the time, was estimated by modern scholars to have had no more between than between 40 to 80,000 people based on archaeological evidence. So Tacoma alone is at least two and a half to over five times the number of people in what most of Jesus's audience would have imagined as the biggest city that they'd ever seen. Add in cars and high-rises and a port busy on a scale at which could not be matched 2,000 years ago, and you can see how different our basic definition of city must be. We have a very, very different relationship to light as well. The fact is that with the advent of electricity, we've got light available to us with the flick of a switch. And that's been the norm for all of our lives. The dark of night dispelled in a moment and with modern LED lighting nearly in excess of the sun. In fact, we have such ready access to light that we have light pollution which perceptively dims the very stars in the sky, the closer one is to a major metropolitan area. Fire puts off light as a weak byproduct of its heat. So fires, lamps, torches, and the like have certainly been used for the last several thousand years and more to keep darkness at bay. And that light is both more limited and yet a more significant impact in the darkness. When the darkness feels all encroaching, any light is a welcome thing. Salt is essential to our biology. To stay hydrated, we need water, but having the right amount of salt is critical too. One without the other is insufficient. I love salt. I'm kind of a foodie, and I've got at least four different kinds of salt in my cupboards at home for cooking and eating with. I have friends who cook, who are cooks and also professional chefs who have dozens of kinds of salt and can wax poetically about their differences. Salt in Jesus' time was so valuable that the pay of a Roman soldier was their salarium, from which we get our word salary. The Roman soldiers' salarium was the money they were given to purchase salt and other necessary essentials. To be worth one's salt means that someone is competent and worth what they are being paid. For most people in Galilee at the time, you bought the salt that was available and you hoped to keep that salt stored somewhere dry and safe since it would dissolve or be licked up by animals who need salt just as much as we do. Salt is a stable compound, though, 
And without some kind of chemical reaction, it doesn't really degrade. So Jesus' comment about salt losing its saltiness is a more of a questioning thing about something that's lost its primary purpose or essential nature, more than a thing that would have been a known phenomenon. The people Jesus is ministering to in Galilee would have understood it more as a metaphor rather than something that they'd actually seen happen. So, admitting that our very definitions and understandings are different, which is important when we're reading the biblical text, we can nonetheless still approach what Jesus is getting at with these metaphors, even if we're seeing it from a more modern perspective. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in which he gives as an address to his disciples while he is ministering to the crowds which had found him in the wilderness of Galilee after the arrest of John the Baptist. In Matthew's Gospel, this is Jesus' summary of what the kingdom of heaven will look like. It starts with the Beatitudes, blessings on the poor, the meek, the merciful, the peacemakers, the persecuted, and more. It's important to realize that in where Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world, that's not a singular you. It's more of an all y'all. While individuals certainly bring some flavor, and some of us, let's be honest, are saltier than others, it is the community that Jesus is calling out as the salt and the light. And also importantly, this scripture forces us to situate Jesus in his tradition. There is some anti-Semitism present in the Gospels themselves, since they were written at a time when Christians were beginning to differentiate themselves from Jews in the aftermath of Jewish revolts. It is particularly pronounced in John, but it peeks through in the others, too. Matthew, however, is constantly looking to ground Jesus as a Jew. For Matthew, Jesus must be the Davidic Messiah, a king for a kingdom of heaven, which he pronounced in his words and ministry that the disciples and the followers of Jesus were expected to help manifest on earth. And though we most often use Pharisee as a pejorative, thanks to the anti-Semitism that is baked into our tradition, the fact is that the Pharisees and Jesus were mostly in agreement. That is not to say that Jesus would not rebuke the Pharisees, but you challenge people you mostly agree with because you know they can get it and come the rest of the distance. Pharisees were known for being both righteous and knowledgeable. They were the ones people went to for advice on matters spiritual and legal and they were respected for wisdom. So to be told to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees was a high bar. But this was never meant to be an individual righteousness, but a collective righteousness centered on the very blessings that Jesus had said just moments before. Jesus was calling on his disciples then and is calling on his disciples now to be the salt of the earth. We use that phrase to mean a very good and honest person, often with the intimation that they're maybe a little less sophisticated or cultured. 
But I think Jesus is calling on us to be more than good, which is frankly a matter of opinion, and more than just honest. Jesus understood how a little bit of salt can transform a meal. Salt heightens flavors. It brings out innate sweetness or complex savoriness or just adds adds that little something extra. And just so, Jesus calls on his disciples to be something a little extra, to bring something which heightens the best parts of this world into that heavenly realm in the here and now. Jesus was calling on his disciples then and is calling on his disciples now to be the light of the world. Light in the darkness makes an immediate impact. And we should remember that we carry light forward from those who blessed us with it. Our ancestors in the faith who made our own faith journeys and beloved communities possible because they got light from their ancestors who got it from their ancestors. We each reflect a small portion of the divine light of God because we each bear that image of God. And our God's beloved child. It is the truest thing about you and me and anyone you ever will meet or could meet. And we can absolutely shroud that light. We can choose to only share it with certain people or cover it completely with bushel baskets woven of our own fears and prejudices. Yet that light sourced in the one who made and was light in the beginning of all things, is meant to be shown to the world. It can be easy for us to point at righteousness and call that our own as well. Look how good we are, how much we bless others, and how much we are blessed. But like the light, that 